You're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. What I do, what I do, I would love to get you close to Thursday, March 31st, you know the last what? day of March, which means the last day we hear that song by the blazing rays of the sun. I brought my smooth voice back. Does just that for this mean you're going to change your voice? Is that going to change smooth Marv like after dark voice? I don't know who I'm going to be in April, but be a sounds pretty good, though. going to say goodbye to this Spring awakening. Hi, everyone. How's it going? <laughs> Welcome to the collab cast. Uh, it's Thursday, March 31st. I'm your host, Marvin Yue. Joining me as always is my co-host, Christine Minji Chang. Bonjour. Hello, people. Bonjour. Wow. I don't know why I bonjour. You went French. Now I have to sing Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and joining us this week is Mr. Dante Bosco. What's up, you guys? Actor, producer, organizer. A YouTuber. Everything. YouTuber. <laughs> now. By assignment. Poet. 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 Uh, Post? I don't know. It's all these. <laughs> There's so many slashes. You know, yeah. now you're like slash, slash, slash. slash. Creator. Yeah. And yeah. Slash. Board. Creative. I think we're all creative. all around creatives. Yeah. We're good. Slash founder of We Own the Eighth. <laughs> we Own the Eighth. There's a lot of stuff going on, Minji. For most of us in Asian America, for what I assume most of our listeners, um, Dante was instrumental in our upbringing as Asian Americans in one of two ways, depending on how old you are. That's true. Either he was Rufio, the leader of the Lost Boys from uh, Hook, which, mm-hmm. which you know, yeah, is everything classic, classic, or everything. some fire 25th, prince. 25th year anniversary this year. <laughs> Shut wow. up. Yeah. Nice. I'm touring yeah, the country with yeah. Alamo Draft House <laughs> doing some, some appearances for, for the movie. Oh, That's my a, God. I went to the Alamo Draft House, the new one in San Francisco for Canfest, and that place is Yeah, it's awesome. I, we, did, we did one at that place. Yeah. Uh, in, Wherever part of town that is, I thought that was only a Texas thing because we were in South by, and I, yeah. I didn't know that. No, they have, they have they have they're coming all around the country Damn. now. Wow. And then, of course, for the new generation, yeah, for the, for you babies out there, <laughs> yeah, you might know him as uh, Fire Prince uh, Zuko. Yes, which Fire Nation so, all day, Fire Nation. <laughs> so See, full I disclosure, I, like, huh? I never, yeah, I never watched Avatar. Not because it was a being shunned pitch, right now by not like, because, I know a lot of no, no, I've, I've gotten a lot of hate we, from, we got from my a lot. Facebook We're like, from our collaboration Facebook group, but I didn't watch because it was like a kids show for babies. I didn't watch right. because I didn't have Nickelodeon. Ah, and I know if I did watch, I would probably would have been hooked because I was like I watched a lot of anime growing up. Yeah, yeah, so you like all it, those hooks, You can always, I mean, right? it's, it's like anime. You can always go back and yeah. Start Naruto I'm all over never. again and just start from the beginning. Oh, that's that's you that's five years of my life. I won't ever get back. <laughs> Goodbye, Marvin. We're but, gonna, not going to have a podcast anymore. We're I may or may not have fallen down a wiki hole, though, so, uh, from the Avatar, um, the wiki. Yeah. So I do know the story beats. And, and nostalgia is yeah. back. It's like I was just in, uh, I was just speaking at Rutgers recently. And I think there are more, like the, for some reason, that audience of that crowd of college kids were so excited about Jake Long, the American Dragon. Oh. Like they were like, Jake Long, the American Dragon, was super. <laughs> Plus, it's New York because like Jake Long took place in New York, right? So it was like that kind of vibe. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll talk to you a little bit later about your long and storied career from live action to voice acting to poeting to poeting, YouTubing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Everything. all the things. Yeah, but uh, let's start the show with our roundtable segment. Every week, we start off going around the table and talking about what's on our minds in pop culture in Asian America. So let's start this week off with Dante. With me, guest. you guys don't want to start off. I don't want to see how y'all do it first, maybe, and then I can come in and do my thing. Well, no, we, we can, can s- flow. Yeah, right. let, let let Minji flow first, just so I know. Dante has spoken. He's pretty much the godfather <laughs> okay. of, our, of our community, <laughs> so says, you have to. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, I don't know. I'm so happy that he's at this table. <laughs> I mean, I've been friends with you for a while, but yeah. it's always like I'm like I'm friends with Rufio. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was my topic? Oh, um. First thing that, I, again, like I, I have a hard time because I don't pay attention to a lot of the pop culture stuff that everybody else does. 
I was like, whatever's in my Facebook feed. So the first thing that came to mind was just Batman versus Superman because I finally watched it. Not finally. It's only been out for like, what, a week? A weekend. Yeah. I haven't yeah. even seen it yet. I watched it. I have several conversations about it. But a lot of people <laughs> have been posting about it. I think that's why it's like all in my face. It's a lot because we talked about it quite a bit last week. We did. About so we don't anticipation to go. about whether or not Zack Snyder can pull this one off. See, this is what my thing. Yeah. I don't know. My take on it is really different. I don't want to spoil anything. But I don't care. I mean, I'm going to watch it regardless. And I'm more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy anyway. See, and I don't so. even know the difference. So this oh, is you got another really difference. Re- this is a really di- so I've been I've been I've been asking questions. So people who are really into that, they've been kind of right. breaking. So Minji's it down. not from th- this world. I'm not. Comic books I'm not 100 percent from this world. I grew up reading comic books, <laughs> and I I love the Marvel side of the world. I like mm. X Men and Spider Man, and like you know, yeah. eh, I mean Superman and Batman were like eh, to me. I, mean, I, got, I had I had the comics, <laughs> but I just wasn't <laughs> into it as much. What the main difference between the two is that the Marvel universe kind of takes place in the real world. Exactly. Right. Okay. It takes, it's. I like that. It, when New it York started, City. Yeah, it was um, all about... Peter what, Parker is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A real, a regular dude. like. <laughs> but in, a, in New York City, as yeah. opposed yeah. to like Gotham or Metropolis, like these... Make-believe. Yeah. yeah, which Gotham is New York. We all kind of know that. <laughs> I think Gotham's supposed to be or, like, Chicago. Or Chicago? Chicago. It's Apparently some kind now of it's Oakland and Metropolis Now it's Oakland? Apparently that... Metropolis does feel like San new, Francisco. In the new Zack Snyder, Chris Nolan, Batman, Superman-verse... Apparently, Metropolis and Gotham are side by side. Right across the bay. Across the bay. And so, I, that's why, excuse me? so that's why the battle Oakland from and San Francisco like, really? like flew over to Gotham or something. Like, like yeah, they're supposed to be really close. What about that meme? What about that meme? Which one? The sad Affleck meme. Oh uh, yeah. Did you see the sad no. Affleck meme? It's kind of sad because I kind of liked him as Batman. Yeah. I think he pulled it off. I just didn't think. The movie did him. Any no, he favors. he was in an interview and they they just show him being sad in the interview and you don't really hear what they're saying. <laughs> but you know what? I, I know Ben from back in the day, and uh, <laughs> and no, no, it's like when we were kids, <laughs> Sorry, you know, like mean. like literally like uh, young. And uh, he's always been a great guy. My little brother Dion did a, a movie with his brother Casey Affleck, mm-hmm. and uh, and when you watch, you hate to see stuff like that because we're all actors and. We, you know, we've done stuff that we really love. There's stuff that we wish maybe came out better. We, we, you never know how it's going to be received. So as an actor, my heart goes out to him. Like, yeah, um, I think he's a great choice for Batman. Just be, not just because I, I know him or I've known him in the past. It's because uh, you know he's a handsome guy and he has that kind of comedy side, that like kind of funny, ironic yeah. side to him. So that could work for the Bruce Wayne worse. aspect of it. You know, I thought that I he was. Like- Good casting. It's like the the rest of it, which is the other movie making, which is all the writing and well, it's Zack Snyder stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, was, I was, what, uh, I was catching on yeah. to what that meant. So this movie was like kind of a research project of me understanding because he he kind of schooled me last week about what Zack Snyder movie. Well, it's basically meant. all the things you didn't like about Man of Steel. Yeah, is the Zack Snyder stuff. But here's the yeah. thing: because I walked in, so I, ex- well, I walked in expecting like garbage because everyone had talked so much smack about it. Right. So in that respect, I. Actually actually didn't hate it my other thing is you know at least ben is american i do have an issue with all of our american superheroes being like not american i mean count them down i mean you know superman i mean the old batman uh well thor's a god so i I like thor thor could be british you know what i'm saying he's he's kind of whatever (laughs) how He's great though, but I mean, how many other superheroes are like British or Australian? Most of them. I mean, like so a many. lot of the lead characters lately in Hollywood. In Which are great. They're great actors. I don't yeah. know if it means more about how good they they are as actors or how it's slipping in America. I don't know. <laughs> but seeing as how we've been talking I mean, the, about legit, you know yeah. accurate representation for so many years, yeah, it is a little bit of like, what's up with this? So there's a new movie coming out called I Saw the Light, or it came out last year, I think. Um, it was coming on the circuits where um, Tom Hiddleston. Loki He's great. plays yeah. Hank Williams Jr., country legend. Yeah, Shut exactly. up. Yeah. That kind of stuff kind of weirds me out a little bit. Not <laughs> weirds me out, but it does. It's just, it, this is the other thing, though. There is a, something to be said for a colonized country, America, colonized by England, still looking up to England. I mean, yeah. I'm Revering Filipino. Them and being We're like, col- oh. I mean, I know what colonization <laughs> is in the Philippines and the Spaniards. <laughs> There's always still that thing, generations, hundreds of years later, like, if you have more Spanish blood in you, you're revered more. That goes I mean, deep, there's man. something about us as Americans. It doesn't even matter if we're white, black, Asian, whatever. When you talk to a British person, they just sound smarter to you. But that's in how your they're mind. cast too. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what we've been. We said this yesterday. We're like, oh, they're a villain. 
British accent. It's yeah. like a given now. There's or it's none. like sexy, or like, or they drop their accent. You're like, there's like brilliant actors. <laughs> you're like, uh, what? But have you? Okay, but then it's because Americans can't do British accents. Yeah, well. because it, it, the reverse. What if Paltrow can do one pretty good? Yeah, she can. But like, uh, I know. I, I go. I I really we all know Cockney. Like, I always go, hey, dude. I wonder if Amer- there is no way Americans going to go to to England and they're just going to start giving them jobs because they do. <laughs> and not all British people have good American accents. That's what I'm saying. I didn't. Okay, I'm not saying, all of them. When Some I was are like, kid, mm, that's real spotty. I didn't. Like I didn't. King. I didn't like uh, Kate Winslet when I was like ten years old. I was like, she's not American. Yeah. I, so, like, I think both things nothing. are going on. You yeah. Know? I think they're really trained, and I give them props for that. And I also think that Americans jock British people. So the new we goal. do. That's I think, it. I, I mean, we we jock. I mean, there are. You know, I would not parents object to or that. whatever. I would not object the to Europeans that. Europeans in general, like especially like the Western European, like there's a lot of Francophiles in the yeah. US too. A but lot it's, of, okay. I mean, the reality of, always had a love affair with France because they were our allies, course. right? Even like <laughs> I mean, French. we're living. I mean, the reality is we live in a Eurocentric society. Mm. Yes. I mean, there's. I mean, we want things to change. We want things to get more even. But the the reality when you kind of walk into the system, like this is what beauty is. We're judging every between towards that aesthetically but like it's funny how even mentally to a certain degree mentally but i think it's very subconscious not like a conscious like oh we because we, consciously there's a lot of like euro trashing well yeah there's like, a lot of euro we're, trashing we're like like look at us we're wearing european clothes i mean it does it, it it the more you travel the more you go wow like i was in hong kong recently like wow this is actually i'm dressing like a white dude or you want you go to like uh you know, go do some research. I was in Australia, and you you see they dressing up the Aborigines in European clothes, and it's like, wow, this is what we this is what mm. we become. They look so the civilized. Westernization. You Westernize ourselves, <laughs> and it's like, uh, I mean, which is fine. We're, we grew up in America. We are a Westernized I mean, society, but yeah, <laughs> there is something to be said that it's very it's deep. Yeah, it is to deep. everything. We I were. honestly did not think about it on that deep level, even though because I did live in Europe a couple times, and I just went back um, last fall for like a few days but even in that i felt exactly what you're saying i was like so gravitating towards oh yeah and i bought everything everything i brought home from hong kong's last trip was like non-european like (laughs) like asian shirts and stuff that were different cut that different kind of buttons do you actually and i was like yeah i was wearing it but our friend bo see i was like i need that (laughs) does that come in pink well the funny thing is whenever (laughs) i die that (laughs) when people go to asia and they shop and they bring it back they automatically like i can't wear this here that's usually the reaction Mm. like i bought all this stuff for nothing your mind goes back into that exactly westernized mode this doesn't fit this looks weird i don't know why i thought this was fly because it's not but yeah well redemption for the superhero thing just bring it back besides ben affleck because i really love deadpool and i was like yay ryan reynolds and i thought of that i was like Born. I like that, that perfect casting for Deadpool. I yeah. thought it was perfect. And, you know, all-American boy. And he's American. <laughs> <laughs> Bring our American superheroes back. You know what we should do is get someone American cast in the next Harry Potter. Oh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I think no one in the Harry Potters were... There was no Americans. No, but American playing a British. Yeah. yeah that's well, that's just, what I'm saying. There was no Americans playing. There was no, no Americans at all. That yeah. just means we need a, like... Which is cool. I love some American wizard school, right? That's all. We need like, to promote like, some, like, more... The, the jock school, yeah. you know? And like, I love Harry Potter. Accents. I love mm. Harry Potter. All right. Accent training. Well, that topic actually goes straight into my topic, which is... Um, so, WonderCon was this past weekend. I didn't go, but there was big news coming out of it from the, the, um, the comic book front that DC was creating a new Superman-based series, Superman series, where Superman is a Chinese teen in China. Awesome. It's going to be written by um, Jean, yes. Jean Yang. Yeah, Jean. He actually, yeah, he's a he's a friend. Um, I know, it's not like name dropping. <laughs> no, sorry. No, he's, because uh, he writes the Avatar comics. Okay. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he also, um, he's written a couple really great graphic novels. Like, yeah, he's um, also, and he writes Supergirl. And he put a Filipino character in Supergirl. Nice. The CBS so he, show? Uh, no, no, on the comic book. Oh, comic book. Okay. So he wrote, he's like, yo, check this out. So he's, uh, he's, a, he's a very cool guy. Yeah. Um, so the groundbreaking thing about this is the superhero, it's not Asian American. It's he's a, straight up Asian. It's someone from Shanghai mm-hmm. getting the powers of Superman. And that's something that I've been thinking a lot about is a lot of superhero, a lot of like just media like the tropes, the genres are all very Western focused. We never really see anything from another point of view, right? And there was recently a book that was translated into um, into 
um, English called uh, The Three-Body Problem, which is a story about first contact with alien species, but from the point of view of China. Like, what if China was... Because like, look at all the movies or media that about meeting aliens. It's always the U.S. first, mm-hmm. right? It's, right? It's always a U.S. approach to how we deal with right. aliens. Mm-hmm. And this is a story about another approach from another culture. I'm just playing Independence they... Day in my head right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like Will Smith. So right. <laughs> it kind of goes to your point where like, you know, a lot of perspectives, a lot of, you know, a lot of how, well, how we how we view these stories playing out is all coming from a very Western view because of the, you know, the prevalence of Western media totally. in the and world. And us as Americans, right? we really don't travel enough to really get <laughs> that bigger point of view of the world and, uh, it's always fascinating when I travel, even around America, different cities, you know. Oh, as, my God. In L.A., we're so, you know, we're so industry heavy and, and like, the world revolves around L.A. Like, every city is like that. And then when you go to another city in the country or especially in another in another country, you go, wow, there's millions of people here that don't give <laughs> two shits about what's going on in L.A. Yep. Like, it yeah. was, it's great in the, in the different point of view. Like, they don't care. A lot of people, not they don't care what's going on in America, but they don't think like we think. They don't. Yeah. And we definitely have a very American centric, uh, and that happens naturally. But it's you realize like how um, to be mean and hard, just like how narcissistic it can be, like so inflated, right? Like we're right. like oh, everything we're doing is so important, important, self important, <laughs> right? And like impacting everybody, and then you leave, and they're like, they don't even know who you're talking about. Yeah, they don't care. I yeah. mean, they like care about some fashions and all that they don't really care about us in particular right right um but going back to my original topic it's interesting because you think about how like superheroes are very like american media thing like comic books things like that i mean you know you see it in japanese anime too like you got like the dragon balls they're all those are all superhero stories as well um but you think about like ultraman like if a superhero appeared in china in that culture how would society react to him how would the government react to him i think it's about like a superhero appearing in the Philippines yeah. or even mm-hmm. in Korea. Mm-hmm. Like, would he become, like, a superstar? Would he become, like, you know? They probably, like, like you know, change his face it's a little different, bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, you know, I always laugh at the thing because, you know, there's a, there's a fascinating, I think everyone loves superheroes, but Americans in particular really love friggin' superheroes. Yeah. And there's always that thing about, you know, no spoilers. You know, the people get mad at spoilers. And I go, there is no spoilers because it's it's ironic because we love these movies and it's the same movie every time. <laughs> like, no matter what movie comes out, I'll tell you the plot of that movie. <laughs> I know. There's, yeah. that's like, like, there's no spoiler. There are no spoilers. We actually know what this movie <laughs> is because we've all watched this movie. And read the comics. A hundred times. Yeah. And it's this fascination that we like to relive this story over and over again. Which, I mean, and I'm one. I'm, I roll to the theaters and do it with everybody else, but it's just ironic that I don't know if that's a Western thing. I don't. Maybe it would change in the Eastern kind of I mindset. Mean, the thing with movies that the reason I like watching them is just to see how they turn it into. Because um, one of the great things about the Marvel movies and what's made them so successful is that they're not. It's like the Fast and Furious movies, right? They stop being about the cars and the racing, and they're just like an X movie set in this universe, right? Captain America: Winter Soldier was a spy thriller set in the Marvel universe. Um, Ant-Man was a heist movie set in the Marvel Universe, right? So it right. becomes more about how these characters um, how these characters become characters in this story right. as opposed to, oh, they're going to go save the world, right, right, right? right? The stakes are always save the world, but sometimes they're not as Which is the given and everyone knows that. Because like, that's the difference between that, those movies and like the Zack Snyder movies. Is the stakes in Zack Snyder movies... Like they exponentiate right. and become super huge for like no reason. Like but you, you could have had a very very great story about the relationship between Batman and Superman and how like how that how they affect each other. Right. But instead, you turn into like a giant, like it's overblown yeah. craziness. It's but a missed I, opportunity. I, I also I think it just reflects society at this time. I think that's in, what I'm in saying. In the history of filmmaking, there's always the superheroes come. Well, the reason why Superman came in the first, at, you know, there's a part of escapism that the culture needs because of whatever they're going through. Yeah. And then, uh, and then of course, it's going to be a backlash. I think we're almost at critical mass where a lot of people are like, mm, I, I'm over the superhero movies for a while. Right. And we'll probably see, you know, the upcoming years, more films that are reality-based, more, you know, For heavier. every action, there's a reaction. Yeah, it's and it's just like, it's okay. cyclic. My question, sorry, to bring back to the Superman thing, though, the thing that I need, like, it, 
I am very curious because it was announced like what there's articles that went up like yesterday, but I'm wondering what the response is to that, that they're going to make that he's turning Superman Chinese. What this Western, I feel like they're just going to do. I think people are open to it now. I think it's a different age. Um, I hope so. And being that superhero, you know, Superman can be several different things now. There's, you know, like with Green Lantern with several different Green Lanterns over the time. Spider-Man with... uh, yeah. Uh, Morales, you know, it's like the way that the super universe is happening. It's like we're we're granting more than one superhero. I feel like it is a bridge, and there was already a black Superman, right? Yeah. But like, I feel like the way that China and like just I'm saying like on a political economical side of everything, the way that it has been positioned and kind of frenzied in the media. Yeah, I don't a communist. Superman. I'm, yeah, they're not I'm going waiting. that deep. Are they going to go that deep with it? They're gonna like. I feel I like mean, there's gonna be some strong reaction to saying like, I'm, "Oh, this it's not red, white, and you know what I'm saying." Like that's yeah. Superman. Like, I'd be interested to see how it works, just because it's, a, it's so different. Yeah, right. And our supers have always been low key political for us, right? I mean, up to like Captain America, but even Superman's very American Americana. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're selling mm-hmm. Superman, you're selling America. That's what I'm saying. So like, I think there's gonna be. It'd be interesting to see what, interesting what, what they, you know. Yeah. And what it'll do in the long, because he's making it. It's not going to stop yeah, I mean, guy, it, so. Yeah, he's doing it smart. I mean, this is Asian time. It's like, you know, <laughs> you, we everybody wants a piece of China. You get China, you're good. Uh, but, you know, that also doesn't always work. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Um, throwing it back to Dante. What's yeah. been on your mind lately? So I guess one of the major things in my mind the last week or so is uh, the passing of, of my man Fife Dog from a Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> uh, it's been, you know, it's been nice to hear all the Tribe Called Quest music all, all around the radio for the last few days. And uh, why it's been on my mind is because, you know, it's just your mark, uh, the mark of age. Like I'm 40 years old, right? So Unbelievable. Oh, thank you. But the interesting thing is you're starting to see the people you grew up with, um, you know, the, the passing of it. And I was talking to some cats how we, we grew up in the hip-hop generation. It's like a, my generation was always been this youthful hip-hop thing. Hip-hop's still around, but the cats who grew up as part of the hip-hop generation, Tribe Called Quest to us is like the Beatles to my parents' age or the Rolling Stones or a, a major band like that. And mm-hmm. it's like... You know, it's like, you know, I don't know if it's blasphemous to say it's like Paul or, or John or, you know, one of those guys going. So, but it's that representation. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a whole generation going, wow, we're whatever, middle age, 40, we're, we're, adult, we're, we're bona fide adults right. now. And it's, uh, and so it's kind of interesting to see where, where hip hop is now. Like, we're professionals, we're filmmakers, we're, we're adults, we have families, we have kids. You know, you have mortgage payments like this is hip hop. Like, wow, this is hip hop growing up and and being in these conversations with friends over the last week or so about about mortality. You know, yeah, um, it's like the rock and roll generation growing up. It's like that's that's where we're at. Yeah, and with you know the deaths earlier this year of David Bowie and Alan Rickman, totally. like we're getting to the point where the people that we watched growing up are starting to pass away and some early too, you know, like five dog was right. like 45 five years old. He died. Was it um, diabetes? Yeah. I mean, diabetes. I think a passing of any celebrities always, it, it, you, you marvel at how, how people take it. And especially now with social media. Uh, I think it was the biggest one I was hit obviously was when Robin Williams passed away. Yeah. It was a part of my, it was a part of a whole generation's childhood. Right. Oh my God, and it's so one of those guys that, Obviously, a great actor, a bona fide superstar in the business, hadn't been on the the radar, you know, consciously, you know, in a few years, whether he was going through personal stuff or or well, he or, had a show. Oh, he had a show until, that yeah, yeah, that wasn't doing that well. Mm-hmm. I liked it though. Did you yeah, like it? I watched it. Um, and I, it's just you know, there's so much stuff going on now, a lot of noise and entertainment, and it's so segregated that you know, it's just one of those things. It's like if you're not one of the one or two guys that are like the biggest things in the world you may kind of go find the radar, but when he passed away, the amount of fan, like, sorrow right. that yeah. swept the internet and, and still to this day, it's like, it's one of those people that aren't maybe in the forefront of your mind, but then when it hits you, you're like, wow, this is it was really everything. messing me up. Yeah. And it's still to this day, I'll, still, I'll meet people and they're like really torn up about it because it's it's like your uncle passing or your, or, or so. he, had, he had a very unique piece of our our minds because yeah. it influenced so much i mean i think 
and I, you know, I grew up in the Bay too. So having, I'm just talking about Robin Williams right now, but like that hit me like a truck because it was like, I still quote movies from Mrs. Doubtfire. I still, my brother, my older brother and I, our movie is Hook. Oh, wow. We still like, because my brother is a lawyer and I'm like, kill okay. the lawyer. <laughs> and we, that, that whole scene, we like, we know that whole movie by heart and it's something that gives us joy. Like we're having a shitty day and I'll, I'll text my brother a line from a movie and it'll right. make us laugh. And it's like, those things become such an integral part yeah, of who we are, whether we recognize it or we, not. All the celebrities, I mean, we all are, you know, we all have celebrities or people that we've, that be, Come people we don't know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know these people. I mean, but you feel like you do. No, but you do because they're they're, they, they're a part yeah. of an intimate part of your yeah. psyche. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I'm I'm fascinated by that idea. So we were talking you know, before we started recording, just like how things have shifted, and we can talk more about that after the break. But you know, it's become a very celebrity driven generation, right? And that's a that's the criticism of like older a lot of older generation of artists and creatives that say like, well, what do you even contribute? Like, what are you creating and what are you um, opening minds or, you know, are you challenging anything? No, you're just like <laughs> wanting to get a shit ton of followers for what? And that's always, and and when, and someone like that, which I, I know Tribe Called Quest, but I didn't listen right. a lot to that music. I feel like like a half generation above me, right. but still like those that the passing um, will prompt that reflection yeah. of like exactly yeah. what you said. Where are we now, and how is it now? And I think you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I think part of it, looking at the new generation, you're gonna give them a little slack because we all were, whatever. You get into the game because, like it or not, part of it's fame, part of it's money. Yeah, get, I mean, it's not a judgment. It's no, just but I'm like, saying yeah. like as 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 the older generation, like the younger generation, it's like yo, get known, get get your hustle yeah. on. Through your journey, you're going to find yes. Uh, hopefully find a higher calling or, 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 or what does it all mean? And, and reality is not a lot of guys are going to transfer over to do something more meaningful. They may fall off before that happens or it may, or it may, you know, self-destruct before that happens. Yeah. And that was the same thing and for the older generation. It's, yeah, it's the same thing for our yeah. generation, same for generation before same, Yeah, hyperinflated numbers-based <laughs> Yeah, it's just way. It's just that now is the first time in the history of, of, of Hollywood or whatnot that fame is quantifiable. Right. And that is crazy it's and it's crazy but like it's always been like fame has always been whether it's quantifiable or not like it, it mean it's it's thin as air yeah you know it's uh i wrote a i wrote a, a article a, a article on my blog about it called fame because i was like tweeting something out in, in a in a bagel shop and uh i heard a song that kind of made me feel sad and then some trolley guy said something like Real whack to me, and I was like, eh, I usually don't even worry about trolls. But then I wrote about it about fame because I said this is interesting. So because he said something, like, oh maybe you're. I said I feel sad because Stand by Me was was playing. I was like, oh, this song always makes me feel sad or melancholy. And he's like, maybe you feel sad because you're dwindling, you know, because you're dwindling fame or something like that. And I was like, what? wow, you know, the crazy thing that people don't realize is fame is people that don't have fame don't really understand what fame is. And because I've been quote unquote famous or, you know, whatever for most of my life since I was like 15 and all famous is people, people know you who you don't know. Mm -hmm. That's really all it is. And it it could be construed in a lot of different things, but it's really just a tool is all it is. Um, And it's a tool that can leverage things and make things open doors for you, get you more money. um, Or it could do the opposite, right? It's a magnifying glass. And destroy you. It well, can. they say that yeah. like that. That's what people have said. Like, fame doesn't um, change; it actually shows more of who you are. Right. It's just a magnifying. If you're if you're like a, a giving person, you can give you know a hundred times more. If you're a stingy person or you're hateful, you're just gonna be magnified a hundred times more. But when I wrote in this blog about this guy with the fame, you know, because fame used to be a game that only artists or creatives had, right? Uh, or very few people that are really good at their craft and what they do, they get can get famous. But now with the internet. The fame game has become open to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so this guy said this one thing about fame, like, but now I'm retweeting you and writing this blog about you. Like, you'll probably get some <laughs> some bad remarks back now. But that's that's how the game works now. The fame game is not just for one sect of artists or whatnot. Now it's that. open for everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got to take a break because we were running along on this segment. <laughs> but um, just one last thing about Tribe Called Quest is that even though. Like for myself, I I knew about them. I started listening to their music recent, like more recently. But even if you haven't heard of them, you've heard of them because their yes, their music you know. was very influential. Yeah. And yeah. you know they're probably 
one of the most sampled bands in like same thing as like David hip-hop. Bowie is like yeah. I had I had listened to him so much and yeah. I didn't realize. I it. mean, if you yeah. don't know of these cats, a, a Tribe Called Quest, Bowie, I mean, there's a reason why they're great. There's mm-hmm. a reason why they're legends. Uh, go seek it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about some collaboration updates. We'll be right back with our guest Dante. And this podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the great talents in our community. Um, not too much of an update this week. Um, as always, we're still recruiting for our volunteer staff. So if you're in any of our 14 cities and would like to help out um, with Collaboration, check out um, the website, www.collaboration.org, and you can find our staff application in the Get Involved section, and you can let us know what you want to help us out with. Uh, we need help from anywhere from um, organizing to producing live events to producing digital content to even planning socials for everyone. Everyone needs a little bit of fun. Um, also, if you're a writer and would like to write about the Asian American experience or just about cool people doing great things around the community, we're actively recruiting for editors and contributing writers for our blog. Um, if you're interested, the application is also in the Get Involved section. Um, as always, if you'd like to send us an email, we always love to hear from our listeners and send us anything from questions to topics you want us to discuss to even comments and, you know, maybe some, you know, fan mail would be nice too. Send that email to podcast at collaboration.org. Um, again, that's collaboration with a K. Looking forward to hearing from you all. If you listen to us on iTunes, um, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave us a quick rating and review. Um, those all help us get more discoverable to the um, greater podcast community. Um, if you listen to us on any other uh, medium like uh, Stitcher or TuneIn or even subscribe directly to us on our RSS feed, if you can help share our podcast with your friends and anyone who might be interested, we would totally appreciate it. And this week, we have a lot of great content going up on our website, www.collaboration.org. On the video front, we have another edition of our Coffee Break series with an interview with Tay Song, an actor from the Sundance award-winning film Spa Night, as well as part one of our interview with AJ Raphael coming up later this week. We'll also have the video of the Kinja special performance at last year's Collaboration Star, uh, which went up on Wednesday. On the blog front, we have a great article on Andrew Ahn, who was also uh, featured on last week's Coffee Break, talking more about his film. Um, so make sure to check that out. The website again is www.collaboration.org, and that's also where you can find past episodes of this podcast. And that's about it for the collaboration update. Thanks again for listening, and we'll get you back to Mr. Dante Bosco right now. And welcome back to the Collabcast. I'm your host, Marvin Yue, along with co-host, my co-host, Christine Minji Chang, our co-host. Hello. My co-host. The, yeah, your co-host. The co-host. The co-host. The co-host. Christine Minji Chang. What's up? And our guest, Dante Bosco. What's going down? Welcome back to the show. Uh, so, Dante, you've been at this game for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I've been an actor for 30 years, which is crazy. No. <laughs> Part of my job these days is going around and doing keynotes at colleges and uh, other events. And uh, when when I say that, it just sounds crazy, especially when you're talking to a, a, a to a room of students um, that you've been acting longer than everyone in the room's been alive. It's crazy, crazy. <laughs> wild. Really, really contextualize everything. You're like, you're like yeah. I mean, how old were you when you played Rufio? I was 15 when I played Rufio, but I had. Uh, I came to LA with my brothers as break dancers uh, in the 80s when I was 10. Wow. Yes. From where? Where'd you come from? From, the, from San Francisco. Yeah, 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 from the yeah, Bay, yeah. from Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> you know, I tell these guys we do, we've done a lot of, like, we we start off the streets of San Francisco breakdancing, literally on the streets, Pier 39, Telegraph Avenue, and Berkeley, and whatnot. And we won a bunch, like, a lot of contests one year, like 30 plus contests. And we got picked up by the San Francisco Ballet Company, studied ballet, wow. did Damn. the Nutcracker with them. You know, we danced for the 49ers, danced for the Oakland A's. And we were like real Bay Area boys, and uh, and then we decided to come to L.A. to dance, uh, to to get into the big pond of Hollywood. Yeah. And and we were ten. I was ten. My little brother was like nine. You know, and like people were always like, "Were you guys like 
prodigies? We're like, because that's crazy. I look at my little nieces and nephews that are nine, ten. I'm like, God, I can't believe we were doing all these routines and being we're in front of thousands middle, of people. Fourth, fifth graders. Yeah, and we were doing it ourselves. There was like no adults doing it with us. There was no adults managing us or, or have doing a our routines. No, it's just my oldest brother Derek and he and us. We were all choreographing together and we we're dancing. So, yeah, it was was, and we weren't prodigies. We were just kids, <laughs> just doing it. I mean, who knows? Well, this was in the nineties, right? That was the eighties, the eighties, eighty-five. Yeah, that was when I mean, I that was, was when breakdancing was like starting to yeah, even that was, figure itself out. Right? We were like, that you know we yeah. I talked about earlier about being the generation, the hip hop generation is like really. We were there at the, the, the birth parts of a lot of things going on from like Beach Street to, you know, Wild Style and seeing breakdancing sweep the nation. We were part of that movement. That's awesome. And, uh, and really, you know, in a lot of ways, it, not that it defines you, but it, you're a part of that generation yeah. that, 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 that was our anti-establishment thing. That's you know? your unique yeah. experience that it will probably not be experienced again right. the same way. And I talk about to a lot of you know the generation right now, and I had this whole conversation with new generation, right? So the new generation, I go, what's your generation? And I was helping to figure out and define it. And really, this new generation, not even the millennials, I'm talking like the teenagers now. Mm-hmm. Z, uh, huh? Generation Z. The it's next, not even Generation the next Z. Generation. The real, the, it's really the nerd generation. Okay. It's actually a generation where nerd, the, it's a nerd time where Comic Con's blown up. The most popular kid in school is not the quarterback. It's probably the kid with the best YouTube channel or the hottest Snapchat <laughs> thing. And even the popular quarterback is probably representing his geekdom, his fandom. It's yeah. like to be a nerd is cool. Te- it's a tech time. Technology, computers is something. Yeah. You know, that's and the that's time. the thing. Yeah, with with technology, like we've talked about this um, a lot, is it allows you to be able to be really into like whatever niche you're into. Right. Right. And for you know, for people into sports, it's stats fantasy all that data is on your fingertips or a gamer you know? and, and or they're gaming. big gamers game. yeah. Yeah. video games Madden. <laughs> yeah man yeah. so it's really a nerd generation and it's yeah. cool i mean it's cool nerds i mean Even it's makeup. cool to be a nerd nerd yeah. not a bad thing makeup i love that it's yeah. fun to be like to be intelligent and be right. skilled what do you geek out about what makeup whatever you know so fashion we grew up in a time of hip-hop and and the then the cool thing about hip-hop or the interesting thing we're talking about how we're so western westernized right being hip hop is ultimately was being like not white, like our whole generation, whether you're white, black, or other, leaned not to white, leaned more to black, leaned to that culture. Even to this day, when you see guys that are hip hop, that it doesn't matter if they're, you know, just regular white guys, is like they may have wore their pants a little more baggy, or they may have like a little more swag to them because they're like, we're hip hop, like we grew up listening to hip hop, and that was a different thing that you were gravitated towards mm-hmm. um hip-hop songs were were, were pop music mm-hmm. uh I, it's a it's a trip so it's about being a part of that kind of movement and having those 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 things kind of infiltrate your mind about being maybe white is not always right maybe there's another point yeah. of view out there right. um and, and that's I mean, i'm proud of that how did you feel when so when things like over over time where the evolution of hip hop and things that become really controversial now, which is, you know, people like Eminem and then Macklemore and then, you know, Iggy and all well, that yeah. with, with with making with take you know, the appropriation. They co-opt the co- yeah, yeah, appropriation. It, it happens. I mean with Eminem it happened because he's is really talented. He's really good. <laughs> you know, he's he's pro- prolific even. Like he writes he he's a big creator. Um you know, it's interesting. It's like even me as like okay, I'm like I, I go into rooms sometimes and uh people are like, You're the first cool Asian we've ever saw in cinema and television. I mean that's kind of the place the first hip hop Asian kid. Like I I'll go into a room like Asian dancers looking all crazy and punk rock hip hop and they're like, You started this. You know, this is a direct <laughs> correlation of you and I've been into other rooms where I go in to read with a director. He wrote a, a, a role for an Asian cat, and, and then I walk in the room. He's like, you know what? I didn't even realize it, but I wrote this role for you because you were in my head the whole time <laughs> writing the role. It's yeah. like being one of the fr- – and that means something. You know, that means – I mean, I remember even the in the playgrounds, you know, people fought to be Rufio. Oh, yeah. You know, to like <laughs> – Always. People that, hook. No, I'm not hooked. I'm Rufio. Every Asian kid that comes <laughs> to me like, yo, everyone growing up, people call me Rufio. Then I go, well, you were probably the cool kid. He's like, yeah. I mean, it was like a cool, the one of the first things to be cool and Asian. I mean, being, I mean, Bruce Lee was always cool, but yeah. it's very 
it's a very foreign, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it, that's a, a guy with an accent right, that right. does martial arts. It's always cool. I mean, we always want to be Bruce Lee, but to be someone who's American and has American, you know, uh, talking with no accent and just being of America, uh, it's, it, that was an important character. Even how you spoke, though, and I remember this, and again, it's all subconscious because I was a little kid when I watched Hook and I got into it. But I remember just like reflecting on you did have, have that... Uh, Hip hop ness to swagger ru- to Rufio, yeah. So, and I remember that because that again, like you don't think about it, but when you're absorbing it, you're like, Oh, that person is because I grew up in the Bay, yeah. And I'm like, I'm around people like that, and that's just it naturally connects. So like, Oh, this is right, like, it's like someone like I go to school with. And like, during those times, it was like, and I talked to friends that grew up in the you know 90s where I w- was working a lot as a teenager, and there was a lot of black television, so mm-hmm. being you know Filipino, I was like honorary. Black Hollywood. I mean, I did everything from Fresh, Fresh Prince of El- Bel Air to, that. you know, Moesha <laughs> to Steve Harvey's show to. I mean, there was a lot of, of of projects we can work on, and I was, you know, not having to be this terror at that time, and even to this day, there's like always the Asian guys, the nerdier guy, you know, the really kind of egghead guy in in the group or the guy that's all of that, and I was never playing that yeah. guy. I was playing. The hip guy or the musical guy or Wearing whatever. The Letterman jacket. Yeah, where, or the or the dumb. I was like on Fresh Prince. I was the dumb jock, which was like the. <laughs> yeah. How how many of those have we had? Right, <laughs> the mean, Asian like, dumb jock was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> so it's like you and then the guy from Master of None last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So part of it's. I mean, I, I do take pride in part of my career has been just widening the eye of what. Or widening the the, the the consciousness of what it means to be Asian in America. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, the stereotypes that have gone there, there's a lot of us that are smart, and there's a lot of us that are you know doctors, and a lot of us that do that. But there's also a lot of us that that do other things, and mm-hmm. that's part of. I mean, I don't think I plan. I don't. You don't plan your career in Hollywood. You just kind of <laughs> it, it happens, and and that's one of the things I, I you know people credit me for, which I guess I'll take. It's cool. And we appreciate. It's well deserved. It. Yeah. honestly. <laughs> Oh my god! I need to go watch that clip from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I want to see Dante be a dumb jock. Dumb jock. <laughs> dumb jock, Dante. All right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so we've talked a lot about um, just coming up Asian in this world, and you no, know, it's a struggle Minji still has with her parents. But like pursuing a career as an actor, as a creative, right. like was that something that you? No, did you get resistance from your parents about that? I or? mean, you're breakdancing for the yeah. 49ers when you're 10. I mean, that <laughs> yeah, sounds that's like a little, little bit different. different. And we're like, you know, we're a blue-collar family, like Pittsburgh and, LA, and when we were in the Bay. And then we moved to L.A. We moved to a town called Paramount, which is like right outside of Compton. And like we're always a blue-collar family. And when you, you're from the neighborhood, like we're from the neighborhood. It's not like ghetto. It's the, it's the neighborhood, you know? You can call it the hood, but it's the neighborhood. And what people don't realize is when you're from the neighborhood, yeah, there's education is always a way out. It's actually, it's a very small part of the people that go that that leave the neighborhood are going through education. The other ways out uh, are, especially if you're black or Latino, um, are sports and entertainment. And so, if we think about it that way, because we're Asian, you think, oh, well, how'd you guys do that? But then you go, oh, you're from the neighborhood. That's actually one of the top three ways to get out of the neighborhood yeah. is entertainment, <laughs> sports, or education. So that's yeah. going to be supported. It's not going to be something. Yeah, it's going to be supported. Like- it's going to be like, wow, you guys are doing it that way that's that's just as viable yeah as education or, or sports <laughs> yeah i guess that's the thing um there's been there was an article last week about how um i think the california government is trying to change the way they collect data to disaggregate asian americans right so instead of asian america you have filipino cambodian right. Hmong, that's interesting Korean. And then there's actually been some resistance in the community saying this is like you're going to use this data to like hurt us somehow where it's actually it does make sense because like you said, like there we, there are working class Asians. There are totally. Asians in all, you know, all sorts of lifestyles, you know. Well, I think I think that's interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I'm from four against that. I think, you know. We need the numbers. We need we need it's to be yeah, community. We need to commu- community ourselves in a way because, like I said, now is a time where things are quantifiable. Yes, we as Asians have dipped into like even outside of the Asian category. A lot of times, our money is counted as Caucasian money. They're like not even really counting us in the same way because we haven't really set up the systems to really show our buying power and our voice in 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 the system. So we've kind of been that invisible minority in mainstream media right. and so 
even segregating is even more to go. Like, you know, you guys had 10, you know, hits, and now you guys only have, like, you know, you actually only have, like, one hit. And then they have one hit. I'm like, ah, oh, we need we need mass kind of massive numbers. But uh, within the community, it's, it, it is interesting to kind of look at the breakdown of how people are functioning and, and where where we're at, you know? Yeah. I think even in that, of it, in and of itself, there's, the, there's a really interesting story that I am very curious to kind of, to unravel and discover like what is behind this um general okayness with being indistinguishable right what there's always this i know i'm cool being the wallflower i'm cool flying under the radar i'm cool like there has been and i don't think that's a conscious decision but there's been kind of like this collective it's a defense mechanism def- yeah, for like, the it, immigration like assimilation has always been a way we can survive Right. In this world, right? To not be noticed. Yeah, because... But that's produced so much other... Right. I mean, an interesting anecdote I heard recently. So there's this new podcast out called The Asian American Voice by a guy from the Bay Area, BJ King, who um, interviews Asian American entrepreneurs to try to give more perspective on different ways Asian Americans are finding their own path. Right. And one of his first guests was talking about... She's a fifth-generation Chinese-American wow. and saying how her wanting to go back to China and having that that idea to go visit was something that was so foreign to her grandfather who thought it was a waste of time Mm. and she was looking at just how in her grandfather's time assimilation it was all about assimilating into america you want to be american so the fact that she wanted to go get more in touch with her ethnic roots was like moving backwards why would you do that yeah well that's the same thing that's everything about being american i think yeah yeah yeah, that's why i don't speak the language my 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 grandparents because they're all about that generation was like no learn to be american don't don't sell the old old ways and the irony is no matter how american you get there's a lot of a lot of people in america especially in this time that are just going to see you being asian i mean that doesn't matter they're not gonna see american i mean the the crazy thing about being asian american is the biggest things in, in America that are Asian are foreign. I mean, the whole thing about Gundam style, Psy, I think it's a great song. I think he's a great personality. That's not American. Yeah. But the way America soaked it up is yeah. it, it, it further, it's not as bad as Long Duck Dong or anything like that, but it has that same thing. Like Asians to us are foreign people. Right. And so <laughs> even getting back to like whatever we're doing, I mean, I have a thing on my YouTube channel called Conversate, which is in congruous in, in, uh, with We on the Eight that me and Minji are a part of. And it's just an eight minute conversation every month with Asian Americans about nothing. Cause what I'm really trying to do in those, those things is not even teach anybody anything. It's really about showing Asians as real people. Right. There's yeah. not enough representation at all. Even when great shows like Fresh Off the Boat or whatnot, you're not really seeing real Asian Americans outside of any of stereotypes. Like these are just regular people talking about regular stuff. Yeah. Like, right. and we don't, we hardly ever see Asians be regular people. Mm-hmm. And it's that's the odd thing because when you're coming in to do a scene or a few lines in a project and you're like playing a delivery person, you're furthering stereo. I mean. No disrespect. Everyone's got to make their money, and, right. and and it's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that more Asian actors are working. But to 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 further go, this is like the two things I think about Asians, and I'm constantly going to show them doing two things. And you're like, yeah. that's not real people. So when I do this for eight minutes, I go talk to someone, talk to you know some people, and just go like, what's up? Like, yeah. talk about anything. Like, what are you wearing? Like, <laughs> Ray. Like, what kind of Starbucks do you drink? Like what's your order? Yeah, like <laughs> wow, these are like regular ass people. Like right, we're regular <laughs> exactly. people, but we rarely get to be seen as regular people. And I think that you know we got to start somewhere. Yeah. And and then you know part of we on the eighth when me and Minji are part of are we we're helping to kind of help curate and inspire and educate each other in the next generation. Right. And and that's that's also where we're at. It's like trying to get the next generation to surpass what we did right and uh you know not that we ever stop our generation it's just like there's so much power going on with it with the new millennials and the new generation yeah. it's like let's help them win and you well, see that contrast because you because like when you get to go do these keynotes and when people conversate with you about your resume if you will like right like right. the experience of like you being on these shows and then doing the voiceover work and everything like that that is a very unique journey that will not be replicated in the same way with the same generation because what you did changed the game. Yeah, well, everybody. For them. I mean, you're in the industry. You know, everyone is. You're gonna have your own path. Yep. Uh, the longer you're around, if you, you know, everyone has their e true Hollywood story. <laughs> the longer you're around this town, and 
And there's a lot of things that we, we can try to plan. On. And you're supposed to. When you come to town, you're, you want to have a plan. You know what I'm saying? You want to be who you want to be and, and try to carve that. But the reality is the town's going to dictate things to you also. And you got to be... Like Bruce says, like water, that's like what fluid. I say, man. You gotta roll with it. Sometimes you don't. You 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 may have a plan, but sometimes an opportunity may happen. And if you don't walk through that door, you don't know that there's actually a there could be a bigger and better plan than you can even imagine. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what that's the, honestly with the collaboration. What I've seen it evolve over. It's been seventeen years, right? And I've only that's crazy for in and seven. And and the organization and our platform and everything, the people part of it has changed so much over that. And it's like you said, evolved in a way that you could never have foreseen. Right. Because you didn't know how the game itself would be changing. We didn't know that YouTube was going to come around because no when idea. we first started, it was just a show, right? And so for me, I think even to help shed light on what a plan looks like for a community that does not even entertain the idea of being in entertainment as a viable option. Right. Right. That's part of the our journey. That's what I want to do. Like right. sitting and talking with you. For people to understand, because like people, for me, at the beginning, I'm like, I don't even know what a plan is. I don't even know how you even go about being an actor. All I knew is at the time, I'm a teenager, I want to be an actor, and I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. Well, it starts with that. It starts with your urge, the the, the urge to create. You're creative. Like, I want to create things, and I want to create media. And, and, And if you start there, and you're inquisitive... And you'll find a you'll find a way, and you work hard. It's also about working really hard. And use Google. Yeah, <laughs> use Google. <laughs> Search it. You can do that now. All right, we got to start wrapping up. But before we close out, I would get cr- like just crucified if I didn't ask you. Some oh questions yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some questions. Avatar, from... because five, that's five, all. Yeah. Like apparently, Shout there's out. a there's a dorm in Emerson College that that one of our uh, our volunteers Honor. live at that. Has a no, picture of that. the Fire Lord I love on their that. wall. I've signed that picture a few times. That's Aww. awesome. <laughs> but um, what it. everyone really wants to know is, you know, when you got the gig as Zuko, like, did you realize how big this show would become, and that you would become, like, probably for a lot of younger kids, like what Rufio was for my yeah. generation. It's like is, another iconic yeah. character. Like, no, yeah. definitely not. <laughs> I mean, it's a cartoon. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've started doing voice acting. In this town, we do a lot of stuff. You know, you do film, you do television, you do commercials, you can host. There's voice acting, there's modeling. There's there's so many different a- avenues to go get a paycheck, really, right? And uh, when you're acting, like, I, the thing, I, I'm a blue-collar guy. I consider myself a blue-collar actor. Like, I've been a working actor for 30 years, and that's been crazy. And, and what that consists of is you doing that Hollywood hustle, you know, and so the doors opened up for me to do voice acting. And again, it's not anything I really trained to do. Uh, but you go, yeah, let's try it. But you got a pretty good voice, though. Yeah. I, yeah. Now you guys say that. I don't know. <laughs> no one was saying that years ago. Now it's like people are like writing me like, I, your voice is whatever. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Like, I want to marry your voice. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I don't know. Thank so, you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so, no, I, I mean, I was just, it was more jobs, you know, it was like, doing a series for Disney, doing other things. Uh, Then when Avatar came in, um, yeah, it was just a gig. You know, I went in. I didn't even think it was going to work (laughs) because I know how the world works. I'm like, yeah, anime-inspired epic Asian journey martial arts for Nickelodeon. Mm, That doesn't sound like it's going to be... I guess I'll do it. You're like, what? Like This isn't like... Disney XD or this is not like some other channel. Yeah. This is Nickel. This is like SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> and Cat Dog, dude. This is yeah. not. Like, I'll do yeah. the check and then I'll see you next it's season, cool. whatever. You come yeah, up I mean, with, I know? don't think I'm not sure if any of us. You never know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't go into things going. This is going to be the biggest thing in the world, unless you're doing Star Wars. You're like, dude, we're doing Star Wars. <laughs> but even Star Wars, I mean, Clone Wars didn't have massive impact, mm. and even the first, you know, the last three Star Wars were like. Not really. You're like, eh, didn't really. You never even, again, going back to Batman vs. Superman, you don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't out. know. So it's these things that are become like pleasant surprises. Like, wow. You really, like, I love going. I mean, I'm a big fan of Star Wars, and I'm a big fan of other big, like Harry Potter I'm a big fan of, right? Are these really massive uh, Epics, right? epic yeah. franchises that have these really intricate worlds that these creators created that are that that are so intricate that they seem real and yeah. and we're all fans of them right mm-hmm. so to be a part of one of those like an OG part yeah. and like an <laughs> integral part is like wow how, how did 
I'm I'm in this world. Like I'm a I like I, you know what I'm saying. It's like being be Han funny. Solo or being yeah. like Luke or like one of those guys. You're like I'm one of those dudes. That's that's crazy. That's my life. Yeah. Like how did that do it? You know, friends of mine. I, I travel the the country doing comic cons. They're like, dude, between Rufio and and Prince Zuko, like you're invited to every con. You're good, dude. You're good. <laughs> and and it's kind of funny to be a part of that world. And I, and, and I'm just you know the the more you're in the industry, the more you know how fortunate you are that, yeah. that people actually appreciate things you've done. That's yeah, awesome. like, it's exactly what we were talking about earlier about you being able to be an influencer and somebody open-minded or someone who gave someone a creative release and take them on a journey to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, if I was in that world, you know, that you did that. Yeah. And that's when you get to always, like, cherish. I mean, something we talked about last, last episode as well is, um, I guess, diversity in voice acting. And so, you know... Avatar Last Airbender was set in an Asian inspired world. Right. But because it's cartoon, like because it's animated, right. you know, the voice behind the characters doesn't necessarily have to be Asian. Right. I mean, that's right. actually the really, I mean, the thing about it holds back a lot of things in Hollywood as far as races because it is a visual thing, you know, and so you're going to cast families by what it is. And because most stories are written from a male, Caucasian point of view, you're going to have more white people working. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in the voice acting, there's really no race like who sounds like what i mean i have got cast for a lot of asian things because they're like oh we'll get dante bosco we just feel better so it's just <laughs> me doing a bad asian accent as uh, opposed to like a white person doing it. i'm like i'm just as bad at it you know <laughs> uh but i'll take the paycheck yeah. Thank um, you. and a lot of times you're playing like a frog or a friggin' whatever you know or bear like what race is that bear we don't know dude after zootopia mm-hmm. i'm all about it i'm like what do you want me to play i'll be a yeah. sloth i'll be whatever. and it's like, you'll be a panda yeah and now with the comic-con world happening and it's exploding and the whole like i said the whole nerd generation going on uh voice acting has become this really cool part of the industry that everyone's like how did you get in how do we how do i get into this i'm like I don't know. <laughs> I got it lucky. I tripped over somebody. Have a sexy voice like and me. I don't know if that even. I don't even know that works. I think that maybe <laughs> people decide that later on. I don't know. I feel like <sighs> they hear you enough. Yeah, like, I know that voice. The yeah. other like Asian Americans with like voice acting, you know, credentials is like George Takei, who has a very yeah sexy voice, very noticeable voice. And, um, Who's the other guy? I don't know. Guy. I mean, I, yeah. people say now, like, I, you know, because you're not you're your voice, you don't think about it, right? Yeah. Uh, but I guess a lot of people growing up with me on screen and in cartoons are like, your voice is in my head telling me to do things. <laughs> when I think of certain That's things, it's your voice. Yeah. It's, and I'm like, I don't even hear my voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, your character, too, had, like, that redemptive arc, right? Because right. you were, like, the anti-hero, kind of like right. the guy who was the bad guy who became the good totally. guy. And like that's kind of like, that's always the sexiest character in all like all epics, right? What's up? Zuko? But we didn't even know that. <laughs> He's like the bad boy. I really just thought like. I was the bad guy. Like, when I really, when I first booked the job, I was like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I get to be the good guy in, in American Dragon Jake Long, and then I can be the bad guy in Avatar. Awesome. And then <laughs> around fun. the second season, you're like, oh, hold on a second. Who is this dude? What? <laughs> What's going on here? This is crazy. And then be, and then you kind of watch it become this phenomenon, and, and do you, uh, you, no one knows how it happens. It just happens. I have a question for that though. Do you have any influence? I mean, I know that every project is different, but were you able to provide any feedback to how the story? No, would not be? personally. I mean, Mike and Brian who created the show are brilliant on their own, but they're okay. they're brilliant. You know, they're. I think I'm sure part of what we did as actors influenced who what they're doing because they're just open creatively. And the first few seasons, they have cameras in the room and watching us act and do our things. So. Uh, who knows? It's really them. But if you know, if us, if me and Jack and May uh, were able to at least you know kind of help seed anything in their mind, that'd be awesome. Well, Minji's um, goal is to be- eventually become a Disney princess. That's no, cool. well, I, I want to be like a, a sassy pants, which is already, like you want to be I, the best friend, sassy best friend. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I know Disney's great. I you know that's the thing is like I, I, uh, you know, I my all my my branding is like Rufio Zuko because they're like the most popular characters in my in my resume. But you know, people that are fans of American Dragon are always like, you know, you do have an original Disney character. Like that's pretty oh, big, and I'm like, oh yeah, Disney's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. It I is cool. It is cool yeah. to have a Disney like an an OG Disney character under my belt too. That's kind of. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I think that was dope. Awesome. Well, 
We're out. We're, I know we could talk forever. We, we could talk forever. It's because you got to meet. We're gonna talk about. I gotta head to another thing, but I've had such a great time hanging out yeah. with you guys. No, come well, back. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. Uh, if people want to see more of your stuff, your yeah, you got yeah, a lot of current stuff coming. There's out a lot of current stuff going on, but yeah. um, you know, definitely check out weontheeighth dot com. It's mm-hmm. it's uh an an L A Asian um downtown L A Asian art collective that yeah. we founded like two years ago. Minji's on the board of it. We do a lot of work. Sorry. You go weontheeighth.com and you can kind of see a lot of stuff that's going on in the community and, 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 and get in the conversation. Yeah, and check out um, your YouTube page. Uh, the Dante Bosco or go to DanteBosco.com and it's every, it's all there. Yeah, awesome. Um, now that you're a YouTuber. <laughs> now that I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> thanks to the Blazing Rays of the Sun for letting us use their song Closer to You for our intro and outro. You can find that off their EP, uh, Young Love. And for the collab cast... Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Later.